You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, and I'm doing another movie review of Spider-Man No Way Home Special Edition, whatever that is. I will be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home since it first came out back in December. I'll talk about the extra deleted scenes that were kept out of the DVDs and then re-released to be put back in the theaters. But the other thing I wanted to add was that I also watched this movie in 4DX this past Saturday to do the National Cinema Day, which was $3 for any movie at any time in any format. So I'll be talking about all of that. So when I had watch Top Gun Maverick earlier, I planned to record my thoughts right after I saw Spider-Man, but it was like already 2 o'clock, in, two o'clock in the morning, and I was super tired. Again, because I just saw Top Gun early afternoon, and usually I'm kind of conked out by 9 o'clock, and that's like late for me, but to be up to still at 2 in the morning, it was tough. But what had happened is that I was planning to go see my mom the next day, my son wasn't feeling well, and then later on, I find out that, unfortunately, he got COVID. So I spent uh, most of today getting online to getting myself tested, as well as everyone else being tested. So no one else has this, but he is now out of school for a whole week, but he is doing better, so I'm thankful for that. But with that said... I, I had to take advantage of this little window of opportunity to record my thoughts finally before it all goes away about what I experienced this past week. Like I said, let me talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. One of the things that I thought for sure that we were getting, more than anything else, that we were close to getting a Sinister Six movie, right? The, the original setup was Mysterio, Doc Ock, Vulture, Sandman, so you, and Goblin? No, one, two, three, four, five. I guess Goblin was in there. So the only difference was that we had oh, uh, uh, Craven, uh, the Hunter. So of course we don't have Craven, so we have to substitute people who are not going to be there. Mysterio was in the last movie, so he's not going to be part of that. Vulture is out because he was in the first movie. So what I liked is that we still get Electro. Uh, okay, we got, you know, Dr. Connors as the lizard. Fine. Doc Ock is brought back. Fantastic. Gob- uh, Green Goblin is brought back. We also have Hayden Christian. No, Hayden Thomas Church, who revives, kind of, <laughs> the Sandman role. Which, I'm like, why is he always in sand? And I'm like, oh, because he wasn't there. So, <laughs> that's why. I'm like, alright, fine. So, we kind of got close to doing a Sinister Six, even though they were still short by one, and even though it was a different cast altogether. I'm like, alright. I was still cool with this, because 
again, what we were leading up to before this, this is, again, last year, December, WandaVision had teased about, you know, the multiverse, and so did Loki. So by the time we get to this moment, having all this and the supposed idea of, like, are we getting three Spider-Mans? No. Yes, we are. Don't fucking lie. <laughs> that was the worst kept secret of all times. But with all that, you know, it was fine. I was happy to have seen this movie way back when. Having said that we have now the Sinister Six-ish uh, in our mix, you know, we are getting our trifecta Spider-Man movies, which kind of redeems everyone's movies. So I think the one who benefits the most out of all this is Toby, uh, not Toby, it's Andrew Mac McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. Wrong fucking Andrew, ass wife. Andrew Garfield, you know, the one who doesn't like Mondays but loves lasagna, who's also a Spider-Man, you know, that Garfield. So his redemption for Spider-Man 2, that I think was probably one of the most heartfelt moments seeing him rescue his, not his, MJ, but having that moment of having a second chance as he really needed to have that. So yeah, that was great. That was absolutely great. As for the plot towards the end where Doctor Strange really kind of wipes everyone's memory of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, kind of plays along with the storyline that happened with uh, brand, was a brand new day. Uh, Michael Straczynski had did a Spider-Man movie in which Spider-Man and MJ were married. And Mephisto, that guy, <laughs> which we were expecting in WandaVision, never fucking happened in this movie. But he was threatened, supposedly, because I don't read, read the comics, but I just know the underlying storyline was that the offspring or the child of MJ and Spider-Man was going to be his downfall. So he granted the the wish to bring back Aunt May or save her life, but at the cost of their marriage. So in this case, we had a similar situation in which there is no memory of Spider-Man with MJ or Ned. So it's like it's kind of like that, but we didn't have anything to do with Mephisto. The other thing that I loved was at the time of this movie, we see Spider-Man at the end of the movie doing his web-slinging, and we see Rockefeller Center. This, again, goes back to the time of this. Hawkeye did not come out. Why? Because the tree was still up. If you have watched Hawkeye after Spider-Man, you notice that there's a whole sequence in the Rockefeller Center in which the tree gets knocked down, and it's great. I actually love Hawkeye, surprisingly loved Hawkeye. As I mentioned earlier, there is, again, there was speculation about the multiverse. We kind of got it, but then we didn't get it, especially after the fact. So there was nothing that linked Loki to this. There was nothing that linked the, the Watcher from the What If series. Not even Wanda. So it was just like, yeah, we have this happening, but then Doctor Strange sealed everything up, and then that's it. And I'm like, I felt very shortchanged. 
And I still feel very shortchanged after all these months since then, because we had Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, which was fine. But for what I expected and what I was hoping that they would do, they have still yet to do. But overall, I was kind of fine with the movie and happy that we got to have, you know, pretty much except for Andrew, everyone had a trilogy of movies. Andrew's the only one that got shortchanged. And, you know, there's a story by how he was almost going to get a third one, but he just pissed off the president of Sony at the time, and that movie was never pushed forward. So, oh, well. Now, having said that, you know, this is another billion-dollar movie and then works in favor for Sony, and yet to credit Marvel as part of that too. But... You know, if we're doing this Sony Spider-Man universe, the SSU, not the Sony's universe or Marvel characters, which was the SUMK acronym name, at least that sounded possible to make that sound like, oh, it's good. I have not seen Morbius, so I'm debating about how strong this feature is going to be. Having said that, there's Craven who's also going to be made by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I saw in Bullet Train, and he is absolutely goddamn fantastic. Like, I, ever since, like, I didn't know that was him in Kick-Ass, that was him, and in Kick-Ass too. He's fantastic. When we see him in Avengers, the Age of Ultron, and him playing Quicksilver, I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, even in his role in Godzilla King, uh, the first Godzilla movie, it was okay. But here in Bullet Train, he is absolutely fantastic. So to the point where um, not it's not Amy Pascal, but some uh, some president saw his performance and thought they should greenlit Craven. All right. We'll see how that plays. But we are, I think, going to get with the post-credit scenes the eventuality of Venom meeting Spider-Man. Maybe it's going to be Miles Morales in the next one. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. Now, is this something that is going to be like, it is so massive that Sony's going to win at the end of the day with the, the whole Spider-Man universe? Hardly not. I don't think so. But that's okay. I, I think for right now, they know how to play in their own wheelhouse. It's just a matter of how far they're going to push Spider-Man into other properties. Because I think the other thing, too, is that every once in a while, we want to see, hey, you kind of all know everyone-ish. You should also be keeping tabs on one another. Hence why, why is it sometimes that these solo movies don't have, like, his friend from work <laughs> stop by and help out during the crisis that dealing with? Like, they're the only ones. So I'm like, I mean, Spider-Man is always friendly he's in your neighborhood why not bring him in every once in a while and i think that might be the better way to do that as opposed to a whole other movie which will be years from now so i wouldn't mind that at all so other than that again i had a great time when i saw this back in december now let me talk about the 11 minutes of deleted footage that was reinserted into the Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought f for sure, I know that this is always going to help 
expand something that we want more of, but also slow down a lot of things that we don't need more of. So right off the bat, 11 minutes is not a lot of time to just spend on stuff that kind of slows the story down. But a bulk of this was at the very beginning while Peter was in school at the very beginning. And it really slowed the movie down to the point where it was like, it was not necessary. And I understand why it was deleted, but it didn't really help the story. It didn't like, I don't care to see more of Flash Thompson or the gym teacher or the school principal, or the other teacher who goes on a rabbit hole talking about his his uh, his marriage on an interview for a school uh, news uh, video. So I didn't care about that. Not that I heard anyone laughing either, but it was just like you can hear. It's just like it's like it's stuck. So a lot of the bulk of those eleven minutes <laughs> were all towards the very beginning, and yeah, there were some little moments here and there. We do get another moment of Matt Murdock, but this is not a thing that I'm like, oh, you really need to have included that Matt Murdock scene. It's not neat. All it was was that the events of what happened in the first movie, Matt Murdock supposing, uh, suggested to Happy Hogan to get a lawyer because of what happened. So later on, we see that Happy Hogan hired Matt Murdock as a lawyer, but he's busy looking through his phone at the like the nests or ring cam of his apartment where Peter is smuggling all the different villains into his room. That's it. And I'm like, that was just a waste. Now, I will say by the time we get to the end, there is little more moments of extended scenes for all the three Spider-Mans. And that is the thing that I love more than anything else. I would love to see more of Maybe Peter, uh, Peter, uh, of Toby Maguire's story before he got there, or maybe Andrew after uh, he got there. Something to that effect. But when we have them towards the climax, and all three of them have this kind of brotherly conversation, and like it's fantastic. It was to me the the thing that made it worth watching. So it's only a couple more minutes, but that was worth it for me. Now. Overall, again, it might have been just because it was so late in the day, but I really struggled to like really be entertained with this movie. So again, I just think it's not the movie's fault, but because you had the extra deleted scenes reinserted, slowed the movie down, and by the time like you finally get to the thing you want, I'm like, it's so damn late. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Can't we just go home now? I still haven't gotten Spider-Man uh, on DVD or, in this case, digital, because I, I'm refusing to buy any more DVDs. I don't have room. But if I'm going to choose between this new edition of the extra stuff versus the stuff that they did not include, which is the original release, I'm going with the original release. I don't care for this new stuff. I really don't. Put that aside. So the only reason why I got to see this was because it was the... $3 National Cinema Day that a lot of theaters nationwide were doing. So again, it's any movie, any format, any time of the day. So I, I took my family to see this. 
and we did this in 4DX. I've never had the 4DX experience, so I was curious to find out what it was going to be. If you listen to my previous podcast, I already did it in the Screen X, and I gave you my thoughts about that. So here are my thoughts about the 4DX version. Now, the idea is that, you know, whatever is happening on the screen will kind of help mirror what you're feeling in your seat, because the seats are on uh, hydraulics. You would also have whatever visual cues, you know, there's strobing lights, or there's smoke, or there's rain effects, or scents in the air. Uh, if you're feeling action, there's lots of rumbling in your chair, and you're whipping back and forth and bouncing back and forth. And I'm like, I got it, and I was done by <laughs> minute five, practically, because I'm like, I was getting nauseous. It was that kind of unsettling, because every once in a while, it's not like it was like the the, the whole jerkiness, which like, there should be seatbelts, because I had to push back a couple of times just not to fall out, but there should be seatbelts. But every once in a while, there's like this slow move to the left and slow move to the right or tilt back. And I'm like, oh, my God, it feels like you're on a ship. So with that, look, for $3, (laughs) for $3, fine. I'm not going to bitch and complain that I hated the experience. But for $3, it was fine. I would have been pissed more than I paid $26 per person for a movie I already saw. And had that kind of effect on me afterwards, which my daughter brought up a good point is that 4DX only works if you already saw the movie and then you just want to go like hang out and have a good time with your friends, like a ride with a movie. I think that's legit. The only problem is that if you've never seen the movie, you're going to be really, really distracted by everything that's going on and not enjoy the movie. With that said, 4DX is definitely not going to be in my wheelhouse. Same thing with ScreenX. Unless I find another theater with a different layout, the one that I went to really sucked. And I'm going to see if I can try to post a picture of the ScreenX in my Instagram feed eventually when I time this release. But you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm like, I know that there's an appeal to raise the stake of the the cinema experience right and again the three dollar day was kind of okay as an as an experiment to get everyone back in the theaters and for the most part people were cheering people were laughing people were clapping especially seeing our three guys come back and fighting all together it was a lot of fun to have that moment Sometimes you need to have that communal experience to help enhance that feeling. And it's not to say that you can't enjoy a movie at home, but there's only so much that you can do, and you'll be pausing a lot more often. You may be playing with your phone more often, and you're not in the moment with the movie. But the other side, as I mentioned in my Top Gun review, for $3, the, the, the Top Gun Maverick, the AC, was not working properly. Whereas this one, the AC was, was working fine. But if I go to the bathroom, it was still not clean as like I did earlier at 3 o'clock. Like, there's pee all over the floor. There are no trash cans so that people are leaving their empty soda cans or soda bottles, whatever they were drinking, on the sink. 
And I'm like, didn't you just, couldn't you just empty that out in the bin before you left the actual theater itself? So there's not a whole lot of feeling that I'm like, oh, it was magical all the way through. It wasn't like 80% great. It was like the little moments that I loved about having that feeling, watching a movie with an audience. And it was fantastic. And I would treasure that for a very long time. But no way am I ever going back to a movie like on a Saturday night with a full crowd. I'd rather stay with my movie theater that I know that I ever go to on the off times, like on my days off or special times during on Tuesday, where the theater is not really that busy. Those seats that I love recline, so it's a nice feeling of just relaxation. I don't have that many people around me, and the sound system is pretty decent. For the all the gimmickry of Screen X and 4DX, it's, to me, not worth the cost in the future. I don't even think, yeah, if you do another $3 day, I don't think I would want to do those again. Not for that reason. It was a decent weekend. You know, I got to see two new movies or one really was newer than the other one the other one just repeat but with more delete more scenes and of course you know my son getting covid but you know this too shall pass on that note i'm at the end of my podcast for spider-man no way home so make sure you subscribe to my podcast if you love what you heard if you'd be so kind please give me a good review if you like i will give you some money <laughs> And uh, if you come asking for money, how are you going to send me that information? You're going to email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. That's how I know that my voice was listened to at the very end of this podcast. Because I'll have a call to action that only a few people will know. Wait, how much money is going to... I'm going to email him and find out. Well, let's see who takes me up on that offer. So on that note, remember, you can find me on the various social networks. So thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. (laughs) Well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink! With a drink. On But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink! <laughs> On the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.